0: Uh well, good morning all um, it's good to have you here i don 't think i 've seen you this year yet so happy new year to those who haven 't seen haven 't seen this year um, it's good to have you here it 's good to see you We come to a place of worship we come to a place where we want to honor Jesus Christ um, really at the end of the day if we can strip everything back what we do as a church and if we can strip it all back and show you the heart of what we really want to show you, and that's Jesus Christ. And if this morning you see and have a glimpse of who he is more, it excites me to think that you could have a glimpse of who he is. Because I believe a glimpse is enough to capture your heart, you know, of who the Lord Jesus Christ is. And when we sang a song now, we sang a song I like surrender all. Surrender is a really fascinating word. When you think of the word surrender, you know, because what is surrender? Surrender something you did yesterday? Is surrender something that we do in the future? And you know, really, when you think about it, you don't say, oh, I'm so excited, I'm a Christian, I surrendered last week, you know, you don't say that, do you? Or, you know, I surrendered two years ago, I surrendered yesterday, you don't say that really, it means kind of not much. But when we say today, today we surrender, you know, because even we don't say, oh, you know what, next week, I'm going to surrender next week. You don't say that, do you? It's odd to say, I'm going to surrender next week. And it's extraordinary, because what God's doing in our hearts is something that is, taking us from a place where we didn't even know God. And many, and many of us know that experience. We didn't even know God. And there, there are perhaps some in this room that will be honest enough to say that's the situation now, don't even know God, to a place where you know him and then you come to a place where he becomes your life, a place of surrender. That's extraordinary that God does that in our lives. And he makes himself more and more known to us to the point where we, we have nowhere to go. Because we know that he has the words of eternal life. It becomes more and more clear in our lives that the world has nothing to offer. The world has nothing to offer. It surely presents like it has a lot to offer. It has a lot of things that it presents to us, but really it's empty. And we become clearer and clearer in the understanding of that. And that really is an exciting thing for Christians. It's extraordinary that God has actually worked that in our hearts. What's also extraordinary, what I see, is, is how God works his love in our hearts. Love is a very powerful thing, like surrender. It's quite a powerful thing. We don't say, oh, I loved you, you know, and we don't say, look, I'll, I'll love you. So, Love is a very powerful thing that happens in the present, and God is working that in our hearts. He works that in our hearts today. And if we don't love today, that's our struggle, that's our battle, and we need to work through that today. Um, I pray that you get a glimpse of Jesus this morning, you get a glimpse of his, uh, who he is or what he's calling us to be um, as, we, as we listen to the word of God um, this morning. Father in heaven, I thank you Lord for all the mercy that you show us every single day. I thank you for the way that you have worked in our hearts. I thank you for the way that you have revealed yourself to us, that there is no doubt whatsoever that you are God, you are king, you sit on the throne, you reign, you're in control. And we just thank you for this. We thank you, Lord God, that through all circumstances, you're an unmoving God, you're immovable, Lord. And Lord, you are a God who is uh, constantly caring for your people and caring for your children. Lord, we thank you for your word. And this morning as we open your word, most marvellous word, precious word, a word that will go on for eternity, we pray that you would speak into our lives, every heart that is here, even those this morning that are closed, those who think they don't need anything, those who think they won't learn anything. We pray even those hearts that you would penetrate by your love and by your mercy. So, Father, speak to us, we pray. Speak by your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <clears throat> um, I want us to read a small passage from the book of Proverbs this morning, uh, from Proverbs chapter 8. So if you want to open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 8, I want to share with you a small passage from this, from this book, a book of wisdom, and um, then take you to a couple of other passages that will really highlight some things I hope will encourage you and even uh, help you through your, your plans for the year and all you're thinking about when it comes to uh, 2020. Um, there are a lot of things that people do, a lot of things that people plan, lots of ambitions and goals, and I'm sure some of you have even set those for yourself, uh, new ones, probably old ones that you didn't succeed in some time ago, and so you're trying it again, uh, whether that be in regards to your faith, whether it be regards to your health, whether it be in regards to your relationships, I'm sure there are people in this room that are uh, either renewing certain commitments or promises or whether there are people who are starting something fresh. Whatever the situation is, the Word of God is valuable and it has so much to tell us about what, how we live life and how we can bring meaning into this existence, how we bring meaning into this life, this thing that we call life. And how do we live it so that we're not just going through the year doing things that everyone else is doing and hoping that this is going to bring us some kind of joy or satisfaction, but how do we live life in the in the understanding of how God wants us to live it so that we really understand what meaning is in life, what it really is to bring meaning into life. Because at the end of the day, you look back in life and you're not going to be satisfied by the things you've possessed, but you're going to be satisfied by who you became and the relationship that you had with the Lord Jesus Christ, your Creator, so that when you face Him, you face Him as your Lord and as your Saviour. And so the Lord Jesus Christ, in His Word speaks volumes to us about how we bring meaning into this life. How do we actually take on another year? We think, wow, some, for some people it might be daunting. think to yourself, another year? Wow, how am I going to get through another year? Like it's so many days ahead. We've just started. And you know, as we dig into this this year of of 2020. But for others, there might be an excitement. But regardless of whether it's daunting or whether it's exciting, regardless, God has a word for you and how he wants you to approach every day, how he wants you to tackle or approach or think or believe he wants from you and the things that he expects from you each day for this year. So Proverbs gives us a bit of a background to that. Gives a bit of a background to what God is expecting. And so Proverbs chapter 8, verses... um, 32 to 36. I just want to read, this, read these few verses. Now therefore listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear my instruction and be wise. And don't disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily... At my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. Wow, it's fascinating. Really fascinating passage of scripture here, where God's instructing us and telling us something about, really, if you like, the meaning of life. What it means to live life. How is it to live life? Who is it that we ought to love when we live life? Jesus said, God says very, very clearly in this passage, if you find him, then you find life. Wow, okay. I'm searching around, trying to find things, trying to make my way through this world, trying to get a job, a house, a car, a holiday. I'm trying to do all these things because these things are going to really make me feel happy. And then God says very simply at the end of the day, if you find me, you find life. Wow, that's incredible. It's almost like God wants to strip it all back and keep it very simple. Come and find me. Come and find Jesus. Because if you find Jesus, you'll find life. If you come to understand Jesus, you'll find life. And then for some reason, God takes it to another level and he says, because you know why? If you hate me, you love death. If you hate me, you love death. If you reject me, then you don't know what you're doing. You're actually showing that you love to die. You you love death because you're rejecting the life giver. Okay, I don't want that, Lord. I want to love life. I want to live life. I want to live in a way that is going to bring you meaning. I'm going to live, I want to live a way that's going to bring others meaning. I want to live a way that shows that I love life. And so God says, if you find me, then you're going to find life. But if you want to hate me, then you're showing that you love death. Now, I don't imagine there would be too many people in this room that want to say, you know what, I just want to love death. Yeah, you know, I just want to live life like I'm dying. I just want to live life like it's becoming nothing and I'm going to deteriorate all the way down to an eternal damnation. I don't think there would be too many people in this room who think like that. And if you do, God have mercy on you because it's a very, very dark way to think. However, I suspect there's a lot of people in this room who want to find life. I don't think people come to church to die. I think people come to church because they want to find life and this morning I have a word for you in how you can find life, how you can actually find life through the Lord Jesus Christ and what it means to live this life day by day because you can plan your whole year and miss today. You can think, oh, you know, by March I want to do this and then by, De- by November I want to do this and by December I want to say that I've done this and forget Today, as the day that God has made, that today God has called you to live life. In fact, this passage is in the context of God calling out. He's, he's crying out. He refers to it like wisdom that is crying out. God is imparting his wisdom to the world. He's saying, listen to me. I'm crying out to you. I want you to hear something. I want you to listen carefully to what I have to tell you. And he says this earlier on in, in just I want to take you to a couple of passages. If you go back to the beginning of this chapter, in, in chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, it says, Does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand on the top of the high hill. It says something about the Sermon on the Mount, I think. Beside the way where the paths meet. Now, this reference here where the paths meet is an interesting phrase because you could almost translate this passage as meaning it meets you at the crossroad. It's where all the paths meet. There's a path going this way and going that way, then coming this way and going the other way. It's almost at this place of a crossroad. And arguably you could say this could mean a place where you are uh, at a crossroad and you're thinking which way you're going to go. Which path are you going to take? Which decision are you going to make? Is it going to be one for God or is it going to be one for self? And you're at this crossroad. You think, what do I do? What do I do? And God's saying, you know what? I'm crying out with wisdom. I'm crying out to you and I'm telling you what to do. I'm asking you to choose life. I'm asking you to find me because in finding me, you find life. I'm asking you not to hate me because in doing that, you love death and you're going down a path That's going to destroy you. So, at this crossroad this morning, I'm telling you, I'm asking you this morning at this crossroad, which path will you take? You're going to make a decision as to the path that you're going to take. And the path that you take starts with every step that you make. The step that you first make is today, the step that decides to follow the way of Jesus. Not just through Acknowledgement not just through the words that we speak but through every day of our lives because God knows, God knows that this is better than anything you're going to accumulate this year. Did you know that? Everything that you're going to gain and that you're going to possess this year, that you're going to have this year, cannot be, can never be compared with what God has for those who love Him and who choose to follow Him and obey Him every day of their lives. Look at verse 10 and 11. Receive my instruction, chapter 8. Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies and all the things that one may desire cannot be compared with her. Because God knows that. God's saying, I'm crying out to you. You're at a crossroads. You need to make a decision. I'm telling you, everything you desire, everything that you want in life, everything that you think is going to make you happy cannot be compared with the wisdom that I want to give you. And this wisdom I want to give you is a wisdom that you choose to walk day by day in the path and in the steps of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's stop our our, conversation wishful thinking, and let's start thinking to ourselves, what is it, God, that really, really matters at the end of the day when it's all stripped back? When it's all stripped back, what does it really matter? What, is, what are you actually really, really calling me to? And God's calling us to find him so that we can find life. The Bible calls us, brothers and sisters, the Bible calls us to live and act daily. Surrender is daily. Love is daily. Mercy is daily. We don't live in how we used to be. We don't think, I'll wait until I become. It is daily. God has called us to do this. God is calling us to act day. In fact, I believe this is the whole life of the Christian. We are daily experiencing and pursuing the things of God. That's why the Bible says here in chapter 8, what we read in verse 34, he says, Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching what? Daily at my gates. Watching daily at my gates. In the context of this passage, what the writer is saying is simple. He's saying this. Someone who's watching daily at his gates is someone who's ready and waiting to receive what God has to give him daily. He's watching daily at his gates. He wants to listen. He wants to learn because he wants to obey and follow in the footsteps of Jesus. So he doesn't wait till tomorrow. He doesn't depend on yesterday. He says, I watch daily at your gates. Blessed is that man or woman who watches daily at gates the gates. It's a daily experience. You're experiencing Jesus daily and you're pursuing him daily because you're knowing God wants to give more and more and more to you because this is far greater than any silver, any gold, any ruby could give you because this is the things of the Lord. So I encourage you, beloved, listen. Daily is the experience of the Christian. Daily. Think about what Jesus said. Think about food, for instance. Our whole life is um, we, live, we live every day, we eat every day. It's in fact something that we do quite normally. It's something that we do because it's what we depend on or we need it, uh, we enjoy it. Um, it. It's something that we, we don't kind of necessarily try and avoid most times. It's what we do. It's how we live. We eat. It's our food. It's our meat. It's a daily experience. Now think about what Jesus said. He said this, My food is to do the will of him who sent me. Because he knew, he understood that everything about life was to daily do what the Father asked him to do. You don't think to yourself, you know what, unless you're fasting, you don't think to yourself, ah, don't worry about food today. You don't think like that because it's everything that we do every day. It's the thing that keeps us going. It's our existence. It's what sustains us. And Jesus said very clearly, my food daily, what I do daily is to do the will of him who sent me. This is the experience of the Christian. It's an experience. It brings meaning. It allows us to know God as God wants to be known. What we do is what we do every day for the Lord. Without it, all we're doing is we're not all we're doing is looking for something else and hoping something else makes sense in life. That's the extraordinary experience of walking into a bookstore the other day and they had books designed to somehow bring meaning to life where people didn't want God for that meaning. You know? So you had, for example, a book called The Replacement of Religion. Because what they're trying to do, and it makes sense, I understand what they're trying to do, what they're trying to do is they're trying to find the, the empty, uh, they're trying to fulfill something in their life without God. Now, how do you do that? You've got to try and find something else to do that with. You've got to try and find something. So philosophers come on board to try and give you reason and rationale to living without God. So the replacement of religion makes sense. Let's keep the values of religion, but let's toss God out. Makes sense, if you weren't a Christian. But at the end of the day, what they're doing is they're stripping themselves of the very essence of life. In fact, what was really fascinating, I'll tell you a story. I was, as I was in this bookstore, this man came very excited next to me. He was very excited. He was asking the owner of the bookstore about a certain book. And it was like this extraordinary excitement in him about this self-help book that he was looking for. And um, he'd, he'd referred to coming to a bit of an awakening in life. And he's standing right next to me thinking, what do I do? He's just here. So I thought, you know, I, I've got to ask him. I've got to ask him, what's his interest? Why is he so fascinated with this, this, this experience that he's having, you know? So I said to him, I said, oh, look, can I just ask you what's... What's your interest? Like, why are you so fascinated with this experience? And he, he went on to tell me how he had come to this realisation, listen to this, he'd come to this realisation that all of a sudden he realised that nothing existed in him. He goes, not empty, not, I'm not empty, but there's nothing. And it was amazing. I'm thinking, what are you talking about? Where, what you even, where does that even come from? Well, what sense does it even make that nothing exists within you? But I've walked away understanding something more and more, that people are looking, people are searching, people are hungry, and they're trying to find ways other than God to bring meaning into their life. They're trying to find ways. Everywhere you search, everywhere you look, and yet God is very very simple. He strips it all back. He says, you find me and you find life. God is, Jesus tells us that his food was to do the will of his Father. And that we know, and Jesus said it again, we know that we don't live by bread alone, do we? But we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This is our daily experience. This is the life that God has called us to, that we live day by day in the things of the Lord. Now, if you're drifting in and out of fellowship, if you're drifting in out of commitment, then I'm telling you this morning, it has to change. The experience that you and I need to have day by day is an experience that is lived out specifically for the Lord every day, that the Lord has given you. Now, the Bible talks not a lot about daily. It's interesting. It talks a lot about other things, and it talks a bit about... Uh, how to live um, um, day by day. But it got me thinking about, Lord, if I've got all these plans for the year, what is it that you want me to do every day of my life? Where does the Bible talk daily about the expectations of the Christian? And in fact, there isn't a lot of times in the Bible where God calls us to do something on a daily basis, although it's everywhere. We know it's everywhere. But where specifically does it talk about this thing about doing something daily? And I want to share with you some of those passages. I want to share with you where God specifically says, you know what? Today is today. I want you to do this. Today is today. I want you to do that. And it's a remarkable passages that actually allow us to think a little bit about what God is calling us to do and what God is expecting from us to do every single day, from the mouth of God, every single day of our lives. Now, we know the Bible says, for example, that we are to redeem the time. That's good. We redeem the time because we need to make sure that time is not wasted, but time is spent knowing that we're honoring God in everything that we do. But more specifically, what is God calling you, what is calling me, every day of our lives to do? Now we know the Bible says that God loads us daily with benefits. That's great. It's fantastic. God's promised to us that every day he's ready to pour out his benefits. He loads us daily with his benefits. We know that. We know that God, for example, is a very present help in time of trouble. We know daily God is going to be there if we call out to him. That's fantastic. We know that he'll do that. We know that daily he looks after the birds and he looks after the lilies. So there's not a single day that's out of the care and the sight of the Lord. He will look and he will provide and he will give what is needed every single day. And now he says to us, and this is what I want from you daily. This is what I'm asking from you daily. So I want to share with you some passage around that. First one is from um, first one's from uh, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter three. If you want to turn to it, you're welcome to. I'm going to read it out anyway. It's Hebrews chapter three, verse verse 13. Some of the things that God is calling us to do day by day, that we may live lives in a place of honor and a place of surrender, that we may live life knowing that um, we have found him, so we have found life. Hebrews 3 verse 13 says this, But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin interesting, isn't it? God is asking us to watch daily at his gates. God is asking us every day of our lives to be in a place where in all the plans that we have, in all the expectations that we have, in all the dreams we set for us, in all the goals that we set for ourselves, he asks us every day to be watching daily at his gates because this is where we're going to come to a place where we're listening, we're finding, we're learning, we're growing, we're obeying the things of the Lord. This is where we find life. And then he says to the church this. says, you know what I want you to do as well? I want you to exhort each other daily. I want you to care for each other daily. I want you to be so concerned with someone else in the body of Christ on a daily basis because God knows that every day is so significant that this is the day that can strengthen them and this is the day that something else may capture them called sin or the Bible refers to it as the deceitfulness of sin and Because of this, while it's today, and while you have this day that you have to redeem, while you have this day, God says, I want you to do something for the church. I want you to exhort or encourage or urge each person daily. Why? Lest they be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Lest, and that word hardened is quite interesting because it refers to an inflexibility. It refers to a drying out. Do you notice something that dries out? What happens to it? It cracks. It easily cracks. Something that used to be like a twig that was on a tree. While it's on the tree, it's quite tender. And you can kind of bend it a little bit, or even a lot. And if it happens to come off the tree and it sits there for a while, what happens? It goes all inflexible, it dries out, and it cracks a lot more easily. And the Bible says this is what sin does. It deceives you. And even in the fellowship, because you've got to be really careful because even in the fellowship, even amongst people, there is a tendency and a risk that if, I, if they are not watching themselves on a daily basis, that this is what sin will do. It will deceive them into thinking that what they're doing is okay. But in fact, what is happening, it is hardening them. It is making them inflexible, it is drying them out. And so, as a church, he says, you know what? You need to do this. You need to exhort or encourage or urge on a daily basis, lest someone, through sin's deceitfulness, will become like this. And that word deceitfulness is one of being um, tricked into something, being convinced into something, just like Eve was, being convinced that something you will do will be okay. That something that you will do won't be too bad. That something you will do feels right or feels okay, but in fact what it's doing, it's drawing you out spiritually. It's not quite the will of God. It's outside the things of God. It's done with hearts that are selfish or, or hearts that are self-centered. And so what's happening is it's drawing you out spiritually. And God's saying, you know what, you need to be careful of this because even one step this way or one step that way could be on the road to something that's going to destroy you. And the Bible says you need to exhort each other daily. Now listen, how different is that to walking around judging each other daily? How different is that to walking around uh, pointing the finger at each other daily? How different is that to walking around thinking to ourselves, you know what, um, finding out about something and being um, almost pleased that you found out. No, mercy triumphs judgment. And the beauty of the Christian life is this, that we make righteous judgment, but we exhort each other daily because we care for the body of Christ. And this year, beloved, one thing, my desire, one thing would be is that the body of Christ continually and consciously and intentionally is looking for ways that we can exhort one another and encourage one another and urge one another to be doing the things of God because we care for the spiritual well-being of each other because we know what sin can do to a man or to a woman's soul. We don't do it with a heart or intent to expose. We do it with a heart and intent to restore. How beautiful is that? And the enemy comes to try and penetrate that. Tries to find a little hole. Oh, there's a bit of gossip going on there. There's a bit of rumor going on here. He tries to find ways to get in. But the boss says, no, exhort one another daily while it's called today as someone be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That's to be done on a daily basis. That kind of care is shown on a daily basis. This is the thing that God is asking us to do. So we're watching at the gates daily and we're exhorting one another daily as well I believe beloved we can become a place we can become a place that can still operate as a church even if people are being hardened through the deceitfulness of sin we can become a place that can operate as a church but we're not going to be much of an effective church that's not what life is Life is living by the ways of the Lord and keeping ourselves in the way of the Lord. This is where the life of the church really happens. And so we're looking for ways to exhort. We're looking for ways to protect. We're looking for ways to guard so that the Lord Jesus Christ may continue to work and have his way in and through all of us. That's the power of the Lord. The next one I want to share with you, there's only two more I want to share with you. The next one I want to share with you is Acts chapter, um, Acts chapter 2. And some of you would be familiar with this passage where God has called us to watch daily at his gates. God is asking us to exhort one another daily while it's called today because there is the trick of sin that wants to seek out those who are acceptable and who will, who will, who will give in to those sorts of things. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible tells us that the church was doing something on a daily basis. They were doing something every day. And it's a really beautiful verse because I think it's always good for us as a church to come back and to listen to what the church was doing very early on. And it says, And they continued daily with one accord in the temple. And they were breaking bread from house to house, and they ate their food with gladness, and simplicity of heart they were praising God and having favor with all the people and the and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved I love this passage because it tells me something of our responsibility every day and who we are and who we are part of every day of our lives You see, what the church did was quite unique. It was quite special. Every day, every day they met or every day they broke bread and every day they fellowshiped together and they were praying together. They were part of a body that operated and functioned every day. And we come to our stage today and think, okay, look, it's maybe a little bit tricky for us to come every day and be here in this place. But there's something about this passage that we can't avoid. And there's something about the idea that every single day, wherever we are in this place, wherever we are in this world, we are still part of the body of Christ living and caring and supporting each other no matter where we are in our world, no matter where we are and what we're doing around the place. The body of Christ is operating and functioning every single day. And I'm not so much interested in... Sorry, I am... I am interested in how you, how you are this morning because this morning is really important. You're coming and you're fellowshipping and you're, and you're doing everything that Christians do on a Sunday morning. But what I'm particularly interested is how you go and live who you are after Sunday morning. I'm particularly interested in how you go and live, who you are at home this afternoon. I'm particularly interested not just in what you're doing Sunday morning, but what you're doing Monday morning, Tuesday morning. Because this is where you start to show that you are part of a place or a church that is one body and your care for them isn't something that says, you know what, I did Sunday morning, Monday's mine. Yeah? I did so- and I did Wednesday, so Thursday's mine. That's not the attitude of the church. The attitude is so intentionally caring for one another that every day is a time and an opportunity to care for the body of Christ. So you don't think to yourself, this day is mine, this day is the church. No, everything belongs to the fellowship because you are part of the body and the church on a daily basis met, um, fellowshiped, prayed because their care for each other wasn't excluded to one or two or maybe three days of the week. Do you understand? The representation of who they were was every day. And I love this because God is calling us to see ourselves part of something bigger than ourselves. A part of bigger than, than, than just me. It's not me. We're part of something that is much bigger. And so if we find ourselves kind of thinking to ourselves, well, you know what, I'll, I'll compartmentalize my life. This is, this is who I am on certain days and this is who I am on other days. This isn't the Christian life. When God has called us, he's called us on a daily basis to do something. Very few times in the scripture, the Bible makes reference to it. Watching daily at his gates, exhorting one another daily. And here they were daily in fellowship with each other. And I think it says something to my heart. It says something to our hearts around how we live life and how we do uh, life together as a church. That these people weren't just thinking to themselves that somehow um, they would give a certain time only and then they would make everything else their own time but everything who they were and how they lived was given over to the things of the Lord they became part of a community or a body that lived and functioned on a daily basis and i think when we capture this beloved we capture the spirit of what the bible is talking about when it comes to the body of christ they were the church daily they represented god daily they did what god was calling them to do on a daily basis And the last one I want to share with you this morning is from the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, if you want to turn to it, it's from Luke, Luke chapter 9. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus is talking and working through, sharing, um, calling his followers giving them very clear instructions as to what is expected from them. And then he says something quite remarkable to them because he wants to be very, very clear with them what he is expecting from them. Chapter 9, verse 23. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross occasionally. How does it say that? Of course not. So, the, the very fact that we find that humorous is, is interesting, you know? Um, because is it, our, is it our practice? Yeah. Is it our practice? So, Jesus said um, that we ought to take up our cross daily and follow me. Here is this, from the words of Jesus what he wants us to do on a daily basis. We've heard in Proverbs it says, Watch at his gates daily. We've been instructed to exhort one another daily. The church met daily, and now the, from the words of Jesus, He says, "You know what? This day, today, what I need you to do is this: If you want to follow me, you need to take up your cross and you need to follow me daily." It would be humorous; it would be wrong for Jesus to have said occasionally. It would be wrong if it would be humorous for Him to have said sometimes, or uh, only up to a certain time of your walk, or in the future. But he says, no what, if you want to take what you're doing seriously, if you want to truly find life, if you want to find me and find life, what you've got to do on a daily basis you need to do this thing I call taking up your cross, my cross and following me. Not when it's convenient, not when things are easy, not when you feel like it. But if you're being called to follow me and you decide to follow me, then every single day is going to be a day where you take up your cross and follow me. Now we know that taking up your cross is very simply is where you're giving up your whole life for the purpose of God. You are prepared to come to a place of death so that you can live for Jesus. Whenever self gets in the way of this, you're saying, no, you're dying to this so that you can live for Jesus. That everything that wants to challenge this is is crushed or denied because you want to follow Jesus. And so Jesus is saying very clearly, you want to follow me? You need to take up your cross daily and follow me. Because I believe there's at least a couple of reasons why he says you need to do this daily because every day is a day that is worthy of you representing God as God ought to be represented. Can you imagine a Christian who decides, he doesn't want to take up his cross daily what's he representing he's representing himself the truth of god is not worthy of that the truth of god can't be worthy of that and the other reason i believe jesus says you need to take up your cross daily and follow me because the christian life cannot be lived out unless we decide to come to the end of ourselves Unless we decide, you know what, it's not about me, it's about God. When I want to do something and it goes against the things of God, that must come to the end. I must come to the end of this because I cannot live out the things of God unless I take up my cross daily. Again, not when it's convenient, not when it's easy to be done, but particularly when it's not convenient and particularly when it's not easy to be done. This is the time that I say to myself, you know what? I need to come to the end of myself because God has called me to do this because he is worthy of it and I can't live the life unless I do it. So Jesus says this, you want to follow me? It has to be done daily. You want to walk in my ways? Then it has to be done daily. Now, the temptation is to say to ourselves, well, you know what? Maybe when I'm feeling better, when things are getting better, uh, when I understand things better, when quite clearly God's saying, no, it's got to be done daily. It's no surprise the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians that he died daily. It's no surprise. Because all he was doing was he was walking in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was making a decision that he wouldn't live for himself, but he would live for Jesus Christ every day. Think about all the reasons that go through our minds that would try and justify in our hearts and minds why we would not do these things every day, but we would do them just some days. Think about all the reasons that would justify um, not forgiving daily. Think about all the reasons we would justify not being merciful daily. Not turning the other cheek daily. Think about all the reasons that go through your mind. Not to go the extra mile daily. Or not to serve faithfully daily. Or to seek out and help the lost daily or restore what is broken daily think about all the reasons and the things that will come through our minds where we wouldn't want to turn the other cheek daily or find reasons to be merciful daily think about all these reasons that will distract and come in and think to and say to ourselves so really not today it's okay if it's not today think about all these other things that will come in and and make make us think like this and god cuts through all that and says you know what if you want to follow me it has to be today I'm calling you today to do what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to step out in faith and live life today as I've called you to live it. To be watching at my gates, listening. To be exhorting, carrying your cross daily as a community, doing the things that God's calling us to do. We can find lots of reasons to wait for tomorrow. The very thing that God said not to worry about, yeah? He doesn't even want us to worry about tomorrow. We can find lots of reasons to do, wait for tomorrow. We can find lots of reasons till something works out in a certain way. But I don't see that's what the scripture is saying to me. As I plan my year, as I plan my week, as I plan my life, I know that the very first thing I need to do is make sure today, today I find life, yeah, by finding him. That today I'm doing the things that he's asking me to do that I'm not giving myself reasons and excuses to wait for another day. I'm not giving myself reasons and excuses to wait for another time. But I'm being called today to live out the faith. So I live today as he's asked me to live. I take up my cross and I follow him. And by doing that, beloved, I believe I find life because I find him. The very reason we live, the very reason we want to live is to be able to find this life. And if I can encourage you to be, as you you think through your plans, as you think through your year, as you think through all the things that you want to do, don't think so far ahead. And that's good to plan and it's good to have goals and all those sort of things, but don't think so far ahead that you forget today. He's called you to live today for his glory and in his steps and in his ways, walking faithfully in all the things he's asked you to do. Does he provide? Yes. The Bible says, as I said before, he loads us daily with benefits. Does he give us the strength we need? Yes, every day. Is he merciful? Yes, every morning. (laughs) These are the things of the Lord so that we can go and live as he asks us to live, as he's called us to live day by day. Let me pray for us as a church. Father in heaven, we want to thank you, Lord, for your mercy that is new every morning. I want to thank you, Lord God, that you have called us not to some future experience, something that is later in life, but that we can know you today, Lord. We can know you. We can walk in your steps today. We can know the power of your spirit today. The goodness of your grace today, Lord. That we can walk in your steps. That it's not far from us, Lord. You are close, you are near. As we call upon the Lord, we can know all that we need to live as you lived. So, Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray you continue to strengthen them. They may continue to walk in a way that finds you because in finding you, they find life. They continue to resist and reject the temptations that things aren't well enough to be able to do this. And they may find themselves in the presence of the Lord. So we pray your blessing on them with strength and with mercy. In Jesus' name.